Well, welcome everybody. Good morning. My name is John. I'm the lead pastor. If I didn't meet you on the way in, I'm so grateful that you chose to spend some time with us. We are wrapping up this series that we've been in that we're calling Decisions, Decisions. And so if it's your first time here, all series long, we've been talking about this idea that our decisions matter, okay? That what we do today, what we say today, how we think today, all of that impacts who and where we will be tomorrow. In fact, you could argue that your life as you know, it really is the sum total of all the decisions that you have made. And so in this series, we are taking a look at four very specific decisions that I believe all of us will encounter in our lives multiple times over and over and over again. We're taking those decisions and we're putting it under a microscope, finding what it's all about. We're taking a look at what scripture has to say about those decisions. And then we have a decision. What are we going to do with what we've heard? So as we kind of wrap up this series, I want to just ask you this. Do you ever find yourself saying something along the lines of, you know, there just aren't enough hours in the day, right? Ugh. Like when you look at what you have to do and you look at the time in which you have to do it, just, there's just not enough time. I mean, how many of you would be honest uh, that you would say that you wish you had more time to do something that was really important to you? Like, I wish I had more time to rest even. I wish I had more time to read. I wish I had more time to read the Bible. I wish I had more time to play with my children. I wish I had more time to garden, but there just isn't enough time. What I have noticed, and I even saw this today as you folks were walking in, is that when you ask somebody, hey, how you doing? Like, how's things going? How you doing? More times than not, folks reply, oh, I'm busy. <laughs> just like, it was Adam, the guy who was just doing the announcements here. We worked at an old church many, many years ago together, and he was famous for walking around telling everybody how busy he was. <laughs> like, like, you'd be in your office doing work, and he'd just like, hey, just want to let you know I'm busy. <laughs> it doesn't look, looks like you're just selling Disney stuff on eBay. Anyway, he, <laughs> that's the truth. He was, but I mean, everybody's busy, right? We're, I mean, how are you? Busy. Good. What's going on? Here's another one. Crazy week, right? Crazy week, nonstop, go, go, go. So busy. In my opinion, just my humble opinion, I think busyness is like an epidemic in this country. It is. And, and, and the one thing that is uniquely American, like you're never going to see this in Italy, you're not going to see it in Spain or anywhere in Europe for that matter, okay? It is uniquely American that, that people pride themselves on how busy they are. Somehow Americans, I don't know when this happened, but we got sold this bill of goods that we all need to be so busy. I would argue that there really is nothing impressive at all about busyness. In fact, as you're going to see today, busyness actually gets in the way sometimes of what's important. So you may actually be busy, all right? You got a lot on your plate. You wear a lot of hats, so to speak, at work, even at home. But here's the truth. You have time for what you choose to have time for. Anytime you find yourself saying, I wish I had more time for X, the problem isn't time. The problem is you're actually choosing something over something else. You've got time for what you choose to have time for. And so what I want to do today as we wrap up this series is I want to look at the decision that we all have to choose the important over the urgent. How can God empower us to choose the important rather than getting sucked into, distracted by, and surrendering to urgent now, I say this, and because I can read your minds, it's one of my spiritual gifts, I can hear you thinking, well, hold on, I thought urgent things are important, right? 
Let me draw a distinction for you between the urgent and the important because we're going to use these words a lot today. If you're a business owner, and I know many of you are, but you've all been to businesses. So if you're a business owner and you've got a customer that is upset, dealing with that upset customer is urgent. But creating systems to prevent customers from getting upset, that's important. If your car needs repair because you didn't change its oil, fixing your car is urgent. But what's important? Changing your oil. See, if you choose what's important, you won't deal with as many things that are urgent. But if you're only focusing on the urgent, you're never going to have time to focus on the important. Therefore, we always want to strive to choose that which is important over the urgent. To help dive deeper into this decision, I want to introduce you to two sisters uh, in the Gospels known as Mary and Martha. Now, when you read the rest of the Gospels, what you'll find is that Mary and Martha aren't just sort of associates of Jesus or friends of Jesus. They are actually close family friends of Jesus. And they have a brother who will go on to be a very famous person. His name is Lazarus. Jesus would eventually bring Lazarus back from the grave. That's this family that we're dealing with. Now, in today's account, Jesus and his disciples, they go to Mary and Martha's home, and Martha does what so many of us do. She chooses the urgent, and she misses out on the important. Let me show you. We're going to be in Luke chapter 10. It begins. <clears throat> now, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, watch this, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Mary here has chosen what's important. She has chosen in this moment to sit before Jesus and to listen to what he has to say. Martha, however, surrenders to the urgent. It says Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So Jesus does a pop-in, shows up unexpectedly, and now Martha is kind of frantically cleaning. I got to set the table. I got to make it nice. I got to make sure all the right foods are out. We got to put them in nice plates. We can't just put out the Tupperware, you know, quick, make sure all the toilet lids are down around the house, all that kind of stuff. Does this happen in your home when company's coming over? Like, I swear when my wife's friends come over, and they're all her best friends, we basically have to renovate before they get <laughs> Meanwhile, when my friends come over, actually, I don't have any friends. That doesn't happen. So <laughs> that's it. Hang up on myself. Anyway, it's true, though. So Martha is frantically cleaning, and she is frantically getting dinner ready. Watch what she says to Jesus. So she comes to Jesus, and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair? And in another translation, she goes, don't you care? Ooh, putting it on him. Don't you care? And my sister just sits here while I do all the work. Tell her to come and help me. So let's step back for a second. You got two sisters, and you've got two very different choices that they've made here. One has chosen to embrace the opportunity to sit and listen to Jesus, and the other is worried about fabuloso. Now, is, which is like the worst smell, by the way. Anyway, so it's a different sermon for a different day. Is Martha wrong? Okay. Is she wrong for wanting a clean home? No. Is Martha wrong for wanting to put out a nice presentation for a I mean, It's Jesus, right? Absolutely not. Nothing wrong. But look at how Luke phrases Martha's decision. He says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, right? 
it's got to get done. It's got to get done. There's this urgency. This just has to get done. She was distracted by all the preparations that just had to be made. I wonder, I was reading this, I wonder how many of us have been distracted also from what matters most. I mean, like Martha, how many of us faithfully pursue the urgent? It's got to get done. It's got to get done. I got to get this done. But neglect the important. Now, in this case, that which was important was Jesus. And what I find so interesting is that in our own lives, some of us at least, our busyness and our pursuit of the urgent often causes us to neglect the very thing Martha neglected, Jesus. We're just, we're too busy to pray. We're too busy to get to church. But maybe it's not spiritual, right? Maybe we would say, you know, I'm just, I'm so busy doing things for my children that I actually haven't had time to enjoy my children. Maybe you're so busy doing things for the kids that you've neglected your marriage, this, this foundation of, of your whole family. Maybe you've neglected your physical health or your mental health because you're just being pulled in a million directions. Watch how Jesus responds to Martha. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. For some of you, if you had a life verse, this would be it. Right? Like this this is your, I mean, this is my life verse too. This is your life, right? And this sums it up. You're freaked out all the time. Your hair's always on fire. You gotta, you gotta get it all done. You act as though the entire world, like you're responsible for everything. You are worried and upset about many things. But, Jesus says, few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. What Jesus is sort of saying here, what he does here, what transpires here, really opened my eyes this week. It, it changed the way that I looked at what I prioritize in my life. Think about this for a second. Martha is doing something that she truly believes is important. She really and truly believes that what she is doing is important. So much so that she's angry at her sister for not doing what she's chosen to do. In other words, in Martha's mind, this flurry of activity is a worthwhile pursuit. But Jesus, who is God, says it's not. Or at the very least, it's not what's most important. You got your priorities all mixed up, Martha, he would say. And it makes me wonder, what am I pursuing in my life where I'm telling myself, this is so important. I mean, I'm convinced it's got to get done. It's got to get done. I got to do it right now, right? Meanwhile, if I were to ask Jesus, he would say, you're upset and worried about many things. And this is not important. Martha, Martha, he says, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. And you want me to tell Mary to stop what she's doing to help you? Listen, he would say, Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Mary has chosen what is important. Martha has surrendered to the urgent. And I am just telling you, if you are not vigilant in your life, the urgent will always crowd out the important. But the good news is we have a choice. We have time for what we choose to have time for. And with God's help, I firmly believe we can begin to choose the important things rather than get sucked in to the urgent things. So how do we do that? I have three thoughts for you, okay? Now, these are not super deep theological. These are very practical, but I use them in my own life, and I firmly believe they will help you accomplish 
what Scripture is calling you to do, focusing on the important. So the first thing we need to do, if our goal is to choose the important things in life, is I believe, and I do this, we got to create artificial deadlines. Here's why this is important. There is a principle that exists when they sort of look at human nature, and this principle is known as the Parkinson's Law. I don't know if you know this. Parkinson's Law states that a task will expand to fill the time allotted for its completion. In other words, if you know you got a week to do something, now it might only take you a, like an hour to do this thing, you're going to take a week to do it. And because you know you have so much time, you're inevitably going to overcomplicate this, right? You're going to take as long as possible, and then you're going to overcomplicate it by stressing about it and worrying about it, or perhaps even adding more and more things to it. This is where an artificial deadline comes in. Let me give you a personal example. My sermons, okay, these are not technically due until Saturday night. So when I text Jacob and I go, hey, the, the, the keynote's ready, the presentation's done, he takes it, puts it so that you guys can see it here. But I've created an artificial deadline of Thursday morning. In fact, I've actually given that an official name so that I stick to it, and I call it Turn It Out Thursdays, every Thursday. This was a game changer for me, and this was a game changer for my family, because it used to take me, before Turn It Out Thursdays, it used to take me all week to prepare these messages. Why? Well, because I had all week, right? So I would work Fridays, and I would work Saturdays, and the problem was this sermon, which is important, was causing me to neglect other things that were important, sometimes things that were more important, like being a husband and being a dad. And so by adding this artificial deadline into my week, it freed me up to do other important things. Now I can devote Fridays to taking care of my child. I call those Father Fridays. I like to name these things. And Saturdays, that doesn't have a name, but now we can just spend time together instead of me working on these sermons. Another artificial deadline I use, and I highly recommend this one as well, creating a hard stop to your day. Okay, because of phones and technology and emails, it is very easy and very tempting to just say, well, I'm just going to work until I'm finished. Yeah, newsflash, you're never finished. Okay? This, it's like there's always more work that can be done. And so what happens? You're at the dinner table and you're distracted by email. You're on the floor playing with your kids. Your phone's lighting up. And it's like, I'm, what, hold on, A, B, C, hold on, I've got to read this, honey. If all the important things in your life are hanging in the balance, you're never 100% focused. You're distracted, as scripture would say. An artificial deadline frees up time so you can put your energy and your effort into places you value most. Second thing we're gonna do in our, in our decisions to choose that which is important is we're gonna learn to say no. I would argue that for most people, the barrier to a fulfilling and meaningful life is not a lack of commitment, rather it is overcommitment. Most people are way overcommitted and it shows. You're just doing way too much. You're always running late to everything. You're constantly double and triple booking yourself. I saw a great meme the other week. It said, when I learn how to say no without feeling bad, it's over everybody, <laughs> right? Is this you? Right? We just agree to too much. We're afraid to disappoint someone, so we say yes to everything. And I firmly believe that instead of adding more to our to-do lists, we actually have to start 
like it's a don't list. We, we got to learn how to put up boundaries in our lives. When you study leadership, when you look at folks who are sort of at the top of their game in their fields, what you'll find is that they say no all the time. In fact, they often say no to good opportunities. Why? So they can say yes to the best opportunities, which means the best leaders don't do more. They do more of what matters most. The best moms, they don't do more. The best moms do more of what matters most. The best teachers, they don't do more. The best teachers invest their energy in more of what matters most. And I would argue the most effective followers of Jesus Christ don't just do more and more and more and more and more. They do more of what brings glory to God. Learn to say no to what matters so you can say yes to what matters more. Jesus said, Martha, what you're doing matters, right? Cleaning, preparing the home, th th it matters. But Mary has chosen what matters more. We got to be ruthlessly selective with our yeses. We need to be incredibly careful and prayerful about what we say yes to because the more we say yes, the busier we become, and busyness does not necessarily equate to a fulfilling and meaningful life. We're going to create artificial deadlines. We're going to learn how to start saying no to some things. And lastly, we're going to do what matters most first. This is key. Gone are the days where we say things like, well, if I have time, well, then I'll dot, dot, dot. Gone are the days when we go, well, well, when things finally slow down, it's always finally. When it finally slows down, then I'll. Mm -mm. Whatever matters most, we're going to do first. Go back to what Jesus said to Martha. Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. In other words, there are a lot of things in this world and in your life that are vying for your attention. But the truth is, there are actually only a few things that are really important. And if we want to be super technical, according to what we see right here, and give its purest sort of interpretation to what matters most, according to Jesus, time with Jesus matters most. Jesus is the most important thing we can do, spending time with him, okay? So if that's true, if spending time with Jesus first is the most important thing that we can do, are we doing that? Are we starting our day in prayer? Are, are, are we starting our day asking for God's guidance? Are we starting our day reading his word or seeking his will? Are we doing these things first? If we're anything like the average American Christian, chances are we're not. And the reason we're not is because as humans, we just add more and more and more to the outside, which crowds out the most important thing on the inside. Now, here's the thing, and this is what I know about you. You really do love Jesus. You really do. And you really do want to fill in the blank, right? You really do want to seek him first thing in the morning. You want to get up and you want to pray. And you want to get up and you want to, you know, whatever. But you don't. Why? Because you're tired. Why are you tired? Because you're busy. Why are you busy? Because you said yes to too many things. You really do love Jesus, and, and, and you really do want to seek him first thing in the morning, and, and, and you really do want to serve others. Let's say that, right? I want to volunteer at church. I would love to do that. I want to serve out there in the community, like, like we're doing with Serve Local. I want to do these things. 
but you can't. Why? Because you're overcommitted. So you're going to have to put off what you really want to do until there's time to do it. Let me ask you just like a really uncomfortable question. And I don't have the answer to this question. I've just been thinking about it all week, and you've got to think about this in your own life. But why is it that when we are too busy, whether it's from work uh, or kids' activities or, or even pleasure, why is it that when we are too busy, the first thing to get cut is what matters most? God. The first thing that gets 86 from the menu, our schedule, God. We skip prayer. We're too busy. We put off spending time in God's word. Worshiping God on a Sunday. Well, I mean, only if there's something else better to do. Sure, I guess we can do that. Our priorities, like Martha, they're just, they're all out of whack. Martin Luther, who was one of the great reformers uh, in the 1500s, a guy that I would argue is one of the most influential Christians outside of the Apostle Paul, once said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. Like, I got so much to do. You know what? I need to pray three hours today instead of two hours. Why? Because Martin Luther knew that he could not afford to not spend time with God first. I firmly believe the most important thing we can do is put God first. And if you're going to choose what's most important every day, then you need to seek the one who is most important every day first. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, that's like everything else, shall be added to you. Jesus is saying what matters most is the kingdom of God. And if you seek that first, God will take care of the rest of your day. God will make sure you've got enough time and resources to do everything that you have to do. But the problem is we don't take Jesus at his word. And instead, we seek everything else first. And we wonder why we don't have a life that matters. And we wonder why there just aren't enough hours in the day. You choose to have time for what you choose to have time for. Don't let the enemy distract you from what's important and lure you into surrendering to the urgent. So what's the practical? What do you do with a message like this? If it's your first time here at DHC, every single week, we put this word on the screen because we want to make sure you can leave on a Sunday and know exactly what to do with what you've heard. Now, before I get to the practical, I actually have a book recommendation for you. And I haven't done this a lot, but if you are someone here today, and I don't know if you are, but if you are someone here today or listening online or listening in the future, and you are someone who struggles with what I'll call a work-home-life balance, okay? Work comes first, family comes second. Now, here's the thing. You got all kinds of reasons, okay? Solid reasons as to, as to why you spend so much time in the office. You got all kinds of reasons as to why you have to be away from your family so much, right? Why you always have to answer one more email or take one more meeting. If that is you, okay, I want to challenge you to read a book called Choosing to Cheat. It's written by a guy named Andy Stanley. He's a pastor up in Atlanta, Georgia. Andy asked this question, who wins when family and work 
collide. Now, one day I want to preach on this book. I mean, it, it, is, it is such a profound work that he's got here. And this book absolutely changed the way that I look at my role and my job. I mean, my, my role as, as lead pastor, whatever role you're is, it changed the way that I looked at my role as lead pastor and my role as husband and dad. Spoiler alert, your job is important. It's very important. But your family's more important. And so if we're going to be choosing what is most important, you need to read this book if you are someone who is prone to putting work over family. Now for the practical. Martha was distracted by household chores, right? Prevented her from pursuing this relationship and studying at Jesus' feet. So I just got a very simple question for you. What's the most important thing you've been too distracted to pursue? Maybe today you kind of see yourself in Martha. Maybe you would say, honestly, John, I let everything get in the way of my relationship with God. I'm distracted by work. Uh, I'm distracted by pleasure. Uh, I'm distracted by, by errands. I mean, it's just everything comes first. God comes when I have time for him. Maybe you would say, I've neglected investing the kind of time that I would like to with my children. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your health, physical or mental. What is the one thing in your life where you would say, yeah, I really need to focus on that? I just don't have time. Enough with the buts, okay? What do you need to stop doing to pursue it? Because you can't do it all. And the more you do, the less you do well. You know this. I firmly believe that Jesus is inviting us to simplify our lives. Only a few things are needed, he said. Indeed, only one. It is time to stop doing more, and it is time to start doing more of what matters most. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, as humans, we are prone to busyness. We get wrapped up in everything, the urgent and Lord, so often it crowds out that which is important. God, I pray that today you would put a spotlight into our lives. You would show us those areas in our lives that we need to slow down. We need to shift our priorities. We need to stop being distracted and surrendering to the fires in our life, Lord, and begin to focus on that which is important from our relationship to you, to our families, our marriages, our children, our health, Lord. Whatever it looks like in our life, God, show us where we can do better. Empower us to do better. Help us to do more of what's important, not just more. And we will give you all the praise and glory. We ask for your help in this, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.